not as though I had already attained, neither were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, our hearts are pretty full. Those of us who were involved or had anything to do with pastor school, we're tired, but it's a happy tired, and we're so grateful for the opportunity. And all of our members have just in some way or another contributed. But we pray that as we meet tonight that we might realize that there's more to do. There are other things that uh, that we have to do concerning the work as we point toward May 3rd and, and uh, the finishing of the spring program and all of it. We need your help. We need your blessing. And for right now, we need thy blessing upon the service. We pray that you give us minds that are alert, hearts that are hungry, power for our preacher in Jesus' name. Amen. Without your turning to it, I want to read for you what we read a while ago, just a bit of what we read a while ago, and my text tonight. The apostle said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Now Paul's not saying there, I want to rise from the dead someday. He's saying, I want to live the resurrected life now. That's what he's saying. He said back in verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Now he says, I want to attain the resurrected life. And uh, and then in verse number 12, my text verse, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, Here's the title of my message. I count not myself to have apprehended. That's both the title and then I have a, also another title. I have not yet arrived, thank God. And uh, I think I'll use that as the title of my sermon tonight. But the thought, I have not yet apprehended. Hey, it was the Apostle Paul that said this. This is not some young Christian who said I have not yet apprehended. This is the greatest Christian who ever lived. It said, I've got a lot of space to go yet. I've not yet arrived. Our Father, help me tonight as I speak. I want to be a blessing. Give me strength, wisdom, clarity of mind and thought in these moments we share. In Jesus' name, amen. People often ask me, and of course, <laughs> they'll say, Who's going to take your place? And I say, where am I going? I didn't know I was going anywhere. And uh, the people often say, you know, I'm, I'm getting up now to where, well, in fact, I'm, I'm past where every preacher that's ever pastored a large church is, has quit. And the church of, uh, one, of the, one of the super-sized churches. And they say, uh, uh, who's going to take your place? Or they say, uh, uh, when, will you, when are you going to retire? Well, I'm not tired yet, so I can't retire until I get tired. But um, uh, people say, well, um, 
Brother Howes, uh, how long are you going to keep going? Uh, well, I, 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 I tell you when I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit whenever I think I've arrived. When I think that there's no more territory to conquer, I have no more vision for the church, that's when I'm going to leave it. But by the way, I still have a heap of it. Maybe you noticed a while ago. And uh, you say, well, what you going to do uh, after you baptize 3,000? What is the number that comes after three? I've forgotten. Four. Anyway, uh, we'll find out something to do. I promised you I'd never have another Sunday just for a goal for 3,000 converts. I didn't say a thing about 3,000 baptism. And, uh, but I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I onward bound, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land. A higher plane than I have found, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. People say, best pastor school ever. What are you going to do for an encore? Not going to have an encore. We're going to have a better one next year. Have another theme and so forth, and a better one next year. And uh, uh, our daughter, Cindy, and her husband, uh, Jack, and, and their kids, uh, Jacqueline and Kenny, come by on Sunday night, Wednesday night, and we have uh, some cookies and a beer in my office and so forth, and uh, have a little refreshment. And... Uh, uh, but but uh, other night, uh, I, uh, somebody said, I think this house is in there, and she said, uh, my husband's tired. I think he's tired. And, of course, she got mad at me anyhow because I spoke so much during pastor school. But she'd have gotten mad about something anyhow, and, and uh, she was worried about me. And uh, so I, I, I kiddingly, I, I, what I often say, I said, you know, if I ever come back in another life, you know what I want to be? And what? I say, I want to be that guy that sits on a stool at the airport and just points and goes this way. What a deal, man. He gets paid for that. No deacons, no, I mean, no budget to raise and, and no pastor school. He just sits on, and, and if anybody goes down the wrong, wrong way, he just points that way. Or if I can't be that, I want to be a guard at a school crossing in some dead end street. I want to be the old man that hobbles across there, you know, and, and, and holds up that little deal. Cindy said, Dad, if you did that, you'd say, Hey, come on, we're going to break the record of the kids crossing the street here. <laughs> Boy, I, I don't understand people that don't want to grow in grace. and I don't understand folks that don't want to progress. I don't understand that at all. This sermon tonight is not for those who have arrived. This sermon is not for those who know it all, so you college preacher boys do not have to listen to this sermon. This sermon is not for those who are grown in grace. This sermon is not for those who are experts. But to us mortals, to whom the finish line keeps moving back. This sermon is to those of us who, the more we try uh, to ourselves, we seem to be shrinking in grace. This sermon is to those who, the more you do, the more you see that you haven't done. This sermon is for those that the more you, the more you learn, the more you see that you don't know. This sermon is for those who, are, the more you grow, the smaller you seem to be to yourself. This sermon is for those who, the more righteous you become, the more you see your own sins. To those like the Apostle Paul who said, he was the chief of sinners. Or he said, O wretched man that I am. 
He didn't say, oh, accomplished man that I am, oh, arrived man that I am, oh, perfect man that I am. This is the greatest Christian who ever lived, probably. And he said, oh, wretched man that I am. There was an artist one day who finished his painting and began to weep. And as he was standing there weeping, looking at his painting, somebody said, why are you crying? He said, because I'm satisfied with my painting. Why are you crying? Because I'm satisfied with my painting. When you get satisfied with your Christian life, it's time to cry. When you've learned all the Bible you plan to learn, it's time to cry. When you don't increase your prayer life, it's time to cry. Alexander the Great conquered India and wept. He had filled in the outline for which he had made for himself, and he said, I have no more worth to conquer. I want you to first, the Apostle Paul said, I have not yet apprehended. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is not some little freshman in college saying, I've not yet apprehended. This is not some pastor of a country church somewhere just started out saying, I'm not yet apprehended. This is the greatest Christian ever walked the face of the earth who said, I have not apprehended. I count not myself to have apprehended. The word apprehend means arrive. Paul said, I have not yet arrived. It means to overtake. I have not yet overtaken that which I want to be. It means to catch or catch up. I have not yet caught up with the plans I have for myself and the goals I have for myself. It means to take possession of. Paul said, I count not myself to have arrived. I count not myself to have overtaken. I count not myself to have, have caught up. I count my, myself to take possession of all the territory I want to take, of which I want to take possession. The Apostle Paul says, I have not yet apprehended. Now, wait a minute. Look who he was. First, look where he was. He wrote this. He was in jail. And by the way, never to leave again. Paul was in jail and said, I've still got something I'm supposed to do. Paul was in jail and said, I count not myself to have apprehended. I've got some growing in grace I want to do. I'm talking to folks here tonight. You are as good a Christian as you ever will be. And that's sad. You ought to be weeping. I'm talking to folks tonight. You read your Bible now as much as you ever will read your Bible. I'm talking to folks now who pray as much as you ever will. I mean, you have reached the pinnacle. You have gotten where you want to go, and you sit there at ease in Zion. I'd like to stir the waters tonight and get you dissatisfied with yourself and make you realize that there's a lot of territory between what you are and what you could be or what you are and what you ought to be or what you are and what Jesus is. I'm trying to say tonight, I want to make you dissatisfied with your life. Look where he was, in jail, prison. But he could write books of the Bible there. He could still grow in grace. He could win Onesimus, the slave, to Jesus Christ in jail. He was in jail, but he could still praise the Lord while he was in jail. He was in jail, but he said, I am an ambassador in bonds. He was still a witness and ambassador. He was in jail, but he could still win the jailer. He was in jail, but he could still preach to those who guarded him. You know, I've often worried about those rascals. They had to, they, they, they'd hook him up to a guard uh, and sort of a handcuff kind of a thing. And they had to stay there four hours at a time. How would you like to be hooked up to some wild soul winner for four hours at a time? How would you like to be hooked up to, <laughs> to Blackwell back there? 
I mean, for four hours you'd have to listen to that stuff. For four hours. The Apostle Paul said, I'm an ambassador in bonds. I can preach to those who guard me. I can preach to those who visit me. And he says, I've got more to do. He's in jail. He's, he's, he's about to say, I finished the course. I've kept the faith. But here he says, I have not yet apprehended. Not only look where he was, but look what he had done. He had preached in Jerusalem. He had preached in Antioch. He had preached in Cyprus. He had preached in Persia. He had preached in Pamphylia. He had preached in Antioch and Presidia. He had preached in Derbe. He had preached in Iconia and Lystra and Phrygia and Galatia and Mysia and Philippi and Neapolis and Thessalonica and Berea and Athens and Corinth and Ephesus and Colossae and Troas and Rome and carried the gospel to the western world. And yet the Apostle Paul said, I count not myself to have apprehended I'd like to sit, to, I'd like to talk tonight, some of you folks that have not grown that much in the last year, or the last ten years. I mean, you enjoy this church, and you love me, and you love this church, but you have nothing to do with what's going on here. You never bring anybody down the aisle. You never do build a Sunday school class. You never will build a bus route. You just sit there and soak it in. Now, I'm glad you're here. We need your time, but I'm glad you're here. But I want to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I'd be ashamed... If I were no more today than I was last year, I'd be ashamed if I was complacent and satisfied with what I am. Look where he was. Look what he had done. And he still said, I count not myself to apprehend it. Hold it. Look at his age. He wrote to Philemon in verse 9 from the same place he's writing this and says, Paul the aged. I don't know how old Paul was. Was he 70? I don't know. I know, he's, I know he's at least that. But Paul was an aged man. He was a senior citizen. Well, nothing irritates me as much as people find it, thinking I'm a senior citizen. My wife and I eat out a lot. And uh, uh, <laughs> nothing irritates us anymore than first try to give us a ticket, the check, and, and, and under the, without even asking us, says senior citizen discount. I want to whack them over the head. We we eat at Burger King a lot. We always eat the same thing. Whopper Junior minus mayonnaise plus mustard and a couple of, of uh, she usually gets a diet, medium diet Pepsi and I get a cup of black coffee sometimes a medium diet Pepsi. Don't take notes on this now. And we were we, 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 we go we, we know Burger Kings all over the area. We know Burger Kings. But there's one place we went we never had been. And so uh, we all we don't go in. We we drive through, and uh, uh, so we uh, we're driving this place and came with this little microphone deal, you know. Where they say, "Do you want a pay lunch?" Or they call them a happy meal. Bad you anyhow. They always say the same thing, and then they're wasting their time. No, I said we want a two Whopper Juniors minus minus plus mustard and a couple of medium diet cokes. And she said, that'll be three ninety-seven. Oh, no, man, I said, it won't either. We're talking to her on this thing. She couldn't see me. I couldn't see her. I said, it's four ninety-one. Oh, no, she said, three ninety-seven. I said, ma'am, we have eaten more Burger Kings than you have, and I know what two Whopper Juniors minus minus plus mustard and two Diet Pepsis or Cokes uh, medium, I know what they cost. It's four ninety-one. She said, it's three ninety-seven. I said, ma'am, it's four ninety-one. 
she she said it's three ninety seven. Boy, I hate for a woman to talk back to me. <laughs> I said, Is there a sale on? And she said, No, there's not. Well I said, How come it's three ninety seven? She said it's a senior citizen discount. She hadn't even seen me. I said, How could you tell? She said, I could tell by your voice. I said, do me a favor and drop dead as soon as you have time, after you give us our two opportunities, minus minus plus nothing. Paul was a senior citizen. He said, Paul the aged. But in spite of that fact, he said, I count not myself to have apprehended. I'm 71 years old. I'm coming on 72. I count not myself to have apprehended. I'm still pressing on the upward way. I've still got some ground I want to conquer. I've still got some battles I want to win. I've still got some goals I want to reach. I feel sorry for you folks that folded your tent and you're 65 years old. But if you're 65, you're a baby. You're an infant. You, you college students. Can we have tomorrow off? Do we have tomorrow off? We're tired. Oh, I'd be ashamed of myself. Let an old man, 71 years old, uh, speak uh, 17, 18 times in the last weekend. And most days, I spoke five times a day in pastor school, plus run the pastor school, and uh, plus answer all the questions and do all the planning. I'm trying to tell you, there's no time to retire. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. You're playing as I onward bound. Lord, put my feet on higher ground and get off your blessed assurance and march forward in your Christian life. I remember when Dr. Ford Porter was in his last years. His health was bad, but he still had dreams. He pastored a church down in Indianapolis, had a small Bible college there. He took me out one day on that little bypass. You go past the airport and keep on going around Indianapolis. He said, I want to show you something, Dr. Hiles. He said, I want to show you my plans. The guy was up in years and, and, and very unhealthy. He said, this is our property we just bought. He said, the auditorium is going to go right there. And the college dorm is going to go right there. And the college administration building is going to go right there. Now, I knew, and maybe, maybe everybody else knew, he'd never be in those buildings. But you couldn't tell him he wasn't going to be in those buildings. You know why? Because he counted himself not to have apprehended. Boy, I feel sorry for Christian people who are satisfied. God said, woe unto you those who are at ease in Zion. Look where he was in prison, but he counts, I count not myself to have apprehended. Look what he had done. More than anybody had ever done in the history of Christianity or has since then. But he said, I count not myself to have apprehended. Look at his age, Paul the aged. But he said, I count not myself to have apprehended. Not only look at what is his age and look at what he had done and look at where he was, but look at what he endured. Five times he was beaten with a cat of nine tail. A whip that had one handle and nine whips on that handle with little hunks of metal all up and down each one of those whips. Five times he'd been beaten 39 times with a cat of nine tails. Look what he endured. Three times he was beaten with rods. Once he was stoned. 
Three times he suffered shipwreck. He was left for dead in Lystra. He was often robbed. He said he was imperiled by his own countrymen, imperiled by the heathen, imperiled by the city, in the city, imperiled in the wilderness, imperiled in the sea. Bible says he was in weariness and painfulness and hunger and thirst and cold and nakedness. Paul, haven't you suffered enough? No, sir. I count not myself to have apprehended. I want to get stoned some more. I want to get beaten some more. I want to be in peril some more. I want to go forward for God some more. I count not myself to have apprehended. I have not arrived. I'm not caught up with my goals. I still have um, uh, uh, ground I want to cover. I have battles I want to win. I have enemies I want to conquer. I have souls I want to win. I have churches I want to start. I have God's work I want to do. I count not myself to have apprehended. And that's why I want to shake you out of your complacency tonight. Look what he endured. But he said, I got more ground to conquer. Got more battles to win. Got more victories to win. Look at his age. Paul the aged. Look what he'd done. Look where he was. And then, look what he endured. But also look what he was. The greatest Christian in all the world said, I haven't arrived yet. I have more worlds to conquer. The greatest missionary who ever lived, who had already started more churches than probably anybody who's ever lived, said, I've got more churches to start. I've got more ground I want to cover. The greatest soul winner in history said, I have not yet apprehended his mind was a depository of truth. His life was the biography of the church. His feet were the transit of the gospel. His heart was the furnace of warmth. His tongue was the sinner's declaration of independence. His message was the hope of the world. His zeal was the, was the speed of the truth. His body was the world's temple of hope. His hands were the sucklers of the saints. His eyes were sight to the blind. His ears were deaf, were ears to the deaf. His presence was a clinic of hope. With no plane, or train, or bus, or car, or motorcycle, or bicycle, his love brought the gospel close enough where it overflowed on you and me in the United States of America. Hey, if Paul was like you, you'd be on your way to hell tonight. If Paul was like you, you'd be a heathen and never had heard the gospel. But because Paul said, I have not yet apprehended, Paul said, I, I've got some more down to conquer. The gospel came close enough where it overflowed on you. I wonder how many folks will go to hell because you're not going to grow anymore. I wonder how many folks could be in heaven or burn in hell forever because you sit there complacent. His was a squeaky voice that was heard around the world. His were near-blinded eyes that could see the needs of a world. His was a weak body strong enough to carry the burden of a lost world. His was a broken heart to mend the hearts of a troubled world. He said, I have more to do. Look where he was. Look what he had done. Look what he'd endured. Look what he was. Listen carefully. Don't miss this statement. 
the joy of the human soul is inseparably connected with the effort to reach that which is above it. Listen to me. Let me say it again. The joy of the human soul is inseparably connected with the effort to reach that which is above it. You are as happy tonight as your dreams are. You are as happy as your goals are. You are as happy as the brightness of your future. The Christian, by the way, listen carefully. The Christian need never be like the artist who says, I'm satisfied with my painting. The Christian never be, never need be like Alexander the Great when he conquered India, who said, I have no more worlds to conquer, for our goal is to be like Jesus. And you'll never reach that goal on the face of the earth, which means that you'll always have some ground to conquer. You'll always have some space to grow, because he's our model, he's our goal, he's our hero, he's our example, and he's the one that we're supposed to emulate and copy and since you'll never be like him until you are in his likeness at the resurrection and the rapture, there's always some ground to conquer. And that means the child of God can always be happy. Our goal is Matthew 5:48. Be therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Our goal is to be like him. I'll never be like him. So I've always got some ground to conquer. I've always got more goals because I'll never be exactly like him. Our goal is Psalm 1715. The Psalm said I should be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. He's not talking about the resurrection there. He's talking about some morning I'd like to wake up and be just like Jesus. I should be satisfied. And by the way, he didn't say I should be satisfied when I'm in a fundamental church sitting there and listening to the sermons. He didn't say I. He said I won't be satisfied. With, with a thousand baptisms a year. I won't be satisfied with ten thousand baptisms a year. I won't be satisfied with three thousand people saved one Sunday. I want three thousand people saved another Sunday. And I want three thousand people saved another Sunday. And tonight, listen, all you have around here is because there's an old man been here for thirty-eight and a half years who wasn't satisfied with what he had. One day he looked out and he saw a building for sale. Out in the, in the, in the uh, uh, township, Calumet Township. The old man went out one night and, and saw the building and placed a bid for it. Offered $35,000 for that building in the Calumet Township. And a school was placed there. An old man went out one day and he saw uh, some property for sale. 28 acres in Sherryville. And those acres were cleared, they bought and cleared off. And the old man saw buildings all over the place. And the old man saw a college. And the old man saw a building here. I'm trying to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care who you are. You are miserable unless you've got more ground to conquer. Our goal is First John 17. As he is, so are we in this world. Our goal is to forgive like he forgave. And since we'll never do it to awaken his likeness, there's always more ground of forgiveness to grow. Our goal is to pray like he prayed in Gethsemane. Forgive like he forgave on Calvary. Love like he loved at Lazarus' grave. Our goal is Philippians 2.5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He's up here. And the best of us is down here, and we're striving to be more like Him and more like Him, but thank God we never will be like Him until we see Him, and there's always room for improvement. 
even our Savior, was not satisfied until he reached the purpose of his life and ended his life. He said in Isaiah 53:11, He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. In Isaiah 50, verse 7, it says he set his face like a flint. What does that mean? Like, the, the, like an arrow, the head of an arrow. He set his face like a flint toward Calvary. This arrow was launched before the foundation of the world. It flew straight toward Calvary for all those 39 books of the Old Testament. It sped through the Old Testament without wavering. It was in Bethlehem, but Jesus wasn't satisfied in Bethlehem. The arrow sped when he went about doing good for 33 years, but he wasn't satisfied yet. It passed by a well in Sychar and won a fallen woman. This arrow passed by and affected a ruler named Nicodemus, a collector named Matthew, a fisherman named Peter, a blind Nicodemus, a fallen Magdalene, a publican named Zacchaeus, and it sped its way to Gethsemane. When Jesus on, on the garden, in the garden of Gethsemane said, Not my will, but thine be done. If it be possible, let this cup pass for me. And not my will, but thine be done. But he wasn't satisfied yet. There's more ground to conquer. There was something else to do. The error continued its life. It came to Tapha's court. And Anna's judgment and Pilate's hall and Herod's seat. It sped its way through the air of eternity till it came to the trial of Jesus, the indictment and the trial and the conviction. And it hurried to a cross and a crown of thorns. And my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then Jesus had paid the penalty for our sins and he cried, it is finished. And he saw the travail of his soul and was satisfied. Don't you be satisfied till you end your purpose in life. There are Christians all over this room who've arrived. You've apprehended. You will never pray any more than you pray now. You'll never read the Bible any more than you read the Bible now. Your marriage will never be any better than it is right now. You will never be a better Christian than you are today. You're satisfied with yourself. You don't want to grow. You don't want to be any more than you are now. I'm talking to Christians all over this room of good people, godly people, but you'll never be a better wife than you are now. You have no, you can't say, I have not yet apprehended, but I press toward being a better wife. You'll never be a better husband than you are now. You'll never love more than you love now. You'll never have a better disposition than you have now. You'll never have more forgiveness than you have now. You'll never be any more thoughtful than you are now. You'll never be any more generous than you are now. You sit there, fundamentalist, believe the King James Bible, believe a heaven that has golden streets and a hell that has fire, but you're doing nothing about it. You're satisfied. Let me remind you that the best needs to keep apprehending. And the oldest needs to keep apprehending. And the most successful needs to keep apprehending. And the greatest needs to keep apprehending. And the highest needs to keep apprehending. And the wisest needs to keep apprehending. How long you think you'll pastor, Brother Hiles? Question asked me all over the country. Who's going to take your place? Have you seen the possibilities? Discouraging, isn't it? You remember back yonder when I had my first little public 
memory loss. I came back home and I said, I said, I guess this is it. That's been good night. That's been 75 or 30 years ago. That's been, let's see, that was in 1959. No, 58. That's almost 10 years ago. I came back home and took Brother Johnny out to eat. And I said, Brother Johnny, it uh, looks like my days are numbered here. I'm a, who do you think ought to take my place? I took Brother Ray Young to Milwaukee one night, preached with me, and took him out to eat. I said, who do you think ought to take my place? I, I took you out to eat? Yeah, you broke me, too. I said, who do you think ought to take my place? I took Dr. Evans out to eat and said, who do you think ought to take my place? I took you out to eat. I took you out to eat. Who do you think ought to take my place? I wrestle with this thing. Man, who's going to take my place? Who in the world's going to take my place? i got to hurry before I crack up. I'm about to lose my mind. I'm about to go to the insane asylum. Who's going to take my place? And one day I was out in the woods praying, and I came up with the answer. I think I'll take my own place. I think I'll take... That's been ten years ago. Folks been trying to pray me off the scene for years, man. The devil's been trying to get me to quit for years. I'm trying to tell you, I may be old. I may have had a great past in my ministry, but bless God, I have not yet arrived. When I get to place, I have no more dreams, no more vision, no more plans to use your money. You'll hear me read my resignation. But I can say tonight with a man probably about my age who wrote a book in the Bible, several books in the Bible, he said, I count not myself to have apprehended. But I want to read for you what he said next. He said next, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Are you satisfied? Are you like the painter who said, I weep because I'm satisfied with my painting? Are you like Alexander the Great? Have you conquered all the world you think you can conquer? When Alexander the Great was 29 years of age, he conquered India and conquered the known world as far as he was concerned. And he said, I have no more worlds to conquer and turned to liquor and died a drunkard's death. Have you apprehended yet? Have you traveled as high as you want to travel? Are you satisfied? Then you're miserable. You know, who, you know who the gossips are in the Church of America? People that can say, they can't say, I count not myself to have apprehended. You know who the critics are in our churches in America? People that think they've arrived. That's why they criticize. Criticizing somebody else because they think they've arrived. I've got news for you, sweetheart. You haven't arrived yet. Matilda, I've got news for you. You haven't arrived yet. And by the way, Oswald, you've you got a good ways to go too. I count not myself to have apprehended. How many times do you hear me quote this song? This song? I quote it again and again and again. I've quoted it tonight. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I onward bound. Lord, plant my feet. On higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's paper land. Higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Our Heavenly Father.